Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. This was a movie made on a miracle, about a miracle. It happened a few years ago. You saw the story, young boy, John Smith. Well, that's a creative name, isn't it? John Smith, 15 years old, out on the ice, doing what his dad told him to do. Don't do something stupid. And he falls through. You know the story. Many of you have seen the movie. What you didn't see on the rest of this is that seven days later, after he's pronounced dead, they take the ventilator off and put him out of ICU. He's breathing on his own. A week after that, he goes home. No neurological damage. No problems at all. God had given a miracle to this family. How many are thankful we serve the God of miracles? What I want you to understand today is that there are thousands of documented miracles. Did you hear me? Thousands. Thousands of documented miracles. Medically documented. In this congregation, we have four different people that have been diagnosed with stage four cancer. That have been miraculously healed by the power of God. Some of them when they walk into their doctor's offices today. Everyone says, here comes the miracle. He's the God of miracles. Thousands have been documented. Probably without exaggeration, millions have gone unknown. He's the God of miracles. It's amazing. We're going to begin to walk through and do a study of miracles. But I want to take a journey with you where we're not just seeing some of the obvious miracles. We may be missing some miracles that happen more frequently than we know. And we need to engage with those too. See, we we have to understand, Pastor, what's a miracle? In essence, a miracle is something you can't do, but God can. It's, it's, It's a humbling thing. It's a reminder that God is real. When earth can't, heaven still can. Can somebody say amen to that? And, and, and we need to connect with that today more than ever. Our faith is inundated with anti-God noise. This culture we're in wants to cause us to not hear the voice of God. This system that we live in every day tries to stop our ears to the presence the voice, the awareness of God and dull down our faith and our recognition that God is real and He's present, that He's here, that He's for you. See, Christianity, you've got to understand this, at its very essence, at its very nature, Christianity is inherently supernatural. There's nothing about our faith, I want you to understand this, that can exist or make any sense without the supernatural. This whole thing, the, the, the coming of Christ, him dying on the cross, uh, friends, brothers, sisters, he was born of a virgin. Do I need to say anything more? The inception of Christianity, the very origin of our faith was miraculous. A young virgin said, God, I agree. You can use me as your vessel. And the Holy Spirit came upon her. And the one conceived in her was the Holy Son of God. God stepped through the womb of a young teenage Jewish virgin. Wrapped his divinity and deity in our flesh. Because we needed a Savior. That's a miracle. How could we claim to be believers? How could we walk in our Christian faith and deny the reality of a miraculous God. The resurrection we celebrated last week. Come on. What do you call that? When dead people live again. When, when the tomb is empty. We're the only faith on the planet where we just borrow tombs. <laughs> I don't buy one. I just want to borrow one for three days. It's a miraculous faith. It's the very essence and nature of God. And I pray that over these next few weeks that we're reminded, that, we're, that, that we, we engage with this. I, I, I want to help you with something. I pray that the truth of God's Word will rattle skepticism during this time. That the truth of God's Word will run headlong into doubts and fears. We all have questions about miracles and how does God operate. 
Some people think they're luck. Some people think they're random. Some think they're a coincidence. But what if they're God? We need to understand that. See, if you only have a basic entry-level knowledge of the Bible, if you've barely read the Bible, if you've read 10 chapters of the Bible, you've bumped into a miracle somewhere. If you have entry-level knowledge of Scripture, you have to come to realize that, that miracles are an expression of the nature of God. I want you to get that. Miracles are an expression of the nature of God. It's who He is. It's not just what He does. It's who He is. Think with me for a moment. In the Old Testament, God the Father was the, was the hands-on, earth hands-on member of the triune Godhead. In the Old Testament, were there any miracles? For, what about creation? <laughs> How about this planet? The Spirit of God hovered and God spoke. The Spirit of God hovered and God spoke. What about the exodus out of Egypt? My goodness, those ten miraculous divine interventions of God to free a whole nation. And then to top it off, he decides he'll part the Red Sea and they walk over on dry ground. See, we deal with this kind of skepticism today that will rob your faith if you're not very careful. I've read the accounts. I have college education. I have furthering education. I fully engage with the culture we're in. I know higher criticism. Isn't it interesting the criticism of Scripture is called higher criticism? I don't know who named that. It's kind of lower criticism if, if you ask me. But so I, I in, in one of these accounts to explain away the miracle of the Red Sea crossing, it said, well actually the place they crossed the Red Sea was only six inches deep. Well, first of all, the guy that said that wasn't there that day. And secondly, I say, well, if that's the case, then God did another miracle to drown the army of Egypt in six inches of water. So which way do you want to have it, sir? The God of miracles. You can't read the Bible without bumping into the God of miracles. It's, 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 I, I guess what I want to say, it's normal operating procedure for God. It's above us, it's not for us, but it is for him. What about the miracles of the prophets praying fire down from heaven? You know, uh, that uh, Elisha said to Elijah, his predecessor, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And so we, we count seven major miracles under Elijah's ministry. And during Elisha, there were 13 miracles we could count. And it seemed like he died one short. But as we keep reading, we find that there was an account where there was a funeral going on. And as they were carrying the body to the cemetery, a band of raiders came upon them. And they didn't know what to do. We, 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 we got to get out of here. So they threw the dead man's body in a tomb. It just happened to be Elisha's tomb. And when the dead man hit Elisha's bones, he came back to life again. Miracle number 14. There's something about the promises and miraculous power of God. It's absolutely overwhelming. It's amazing who he is. It's his nature. He's a God of miracles. We come to the New Testament. And, and as I said, and, and, and now Jesus steps in the, 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 the Son, the, God the Son, to begin to be the hands-on manifestation of God on this earth. The Bible says he was the word of God made flesh. One phrase says he is the express image, the identical revelation of God. If you want to know what God is like and how he thinks and what he does, then you've got to see that as you read the gospels about Jesus. His love, his mercy, his power, his forgiveness. The son of God. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross in our place, raised from the dead. Meanwhile, during three and a half years, he just walks on water, raises dead people, feeds 20,000 people with one little meal. If the storm's blowing on the ship, he just calms the storm, drives demons out with a word, sort of miraculous with anybody agree with me he expressed the will of the father it's stunning and then we get to the church see a lot of people unfortunately in this day and time we're living thought all the miracles died somewhere in in, in that place in that range 
and, and they're missing something. So look at Jesus. Let's look at some scripture. I know you thought I wasn't going to get to scripture, but here it is. Let's go to John chapter 3 and verse number 2. I want you to see why miracles are so important then and now. See, even the skeptics, the struggling ones, maybe today you're skeptical about miracles. It's okay. Man, I'm glad you're here. Maybe you're online skeptical about miracles and you're thinking, here we go again. Oh, no, you've never been here before. (laughs) Maybe you're going, well, I'm struggling to believe. I'm glad you're here. You need to hear this. You need to look again at Scripture. I believe that our doubts are going to collide with faith today. I believe what the enemy has done to try to water down our faith and, 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 and take this amazing, uncontainable God and put him in a little religious cubicle that... We're going to encounter the God to do that for us today. See, in John chapter 3 and verse 2, here here is a Pharisee. Those that were opposed to everything Jesus was doing. And and this is what he said. Look at this in John 3, 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. Now, how did he know that? What finally convinced him of that? What sealed the deal. Here is this skeptic, unbelieving opposition to Jesus. And he says, look, we know you're a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. The authentication of the ministry of the gospel is documented, verified, proven by miracles that only God can do. This skeptic said, I, I, I don't understand you. I don't get who you are or where you come from. But you have to come from God because of the miracle. Look at Acts 2 and verse 22. Acts 2, 22. We, we find basically this same thing said about Jesus again. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 22. Let's look at this. <laughs> I love the word. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you. How was he accredited by God? Verified by God. Condoned by God. Accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. Accredited by God through the miracles and the signs And the wonders that God did through him in front of you. These men, I I want you to get this. I want you to understand as we take this journey of miracles. That oftentimes I hear someone say, if I saw a miracle, I'd believe. Listen to me closely. You've already seen miracles. You've already seen miracles. You've already encountered enough miracles for an army to believe. The question is, will you believe when you see the miracle? For these men that crucified him, as the word just said, had witnessed his miracles. And it wasn't enough. They wouldn't believe. See the heart condition that begins. But he was accredited by this. So so God the Father, miracles. Jesus the Son, miracles. But he ascended back to heaven. What about his church? What about his church? Well, there's a word I'm going to teach you here in a moment that is the word we translate miracle in Scripture. But let's just take let, let's look at let's look at Acts chapter 3. We're, we're, we're in that neighborhood in Acts 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse number 7. This is the first account of the church following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus had said to them, You stay in Jerusalem. Until you are clothed with power. Acts 1 8, he says that you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my what? Witnesses. So there is something the Holy Spirit does, did and does, in and through his church that causes people to think of Jesus. There is a uh, work of the Holy Spirit. That authenticates the church. Just like it authenticated Jesus. 
And it is not inherent in the church. It is flowing through the church, through the Holy Spirit that indwells us. And so watch this first encounter. I want, I want you to see this. I love this. Acts 3, verse 7. We, we read this. Uh, Acts chapter 3, uh, verse 7. What's the account? A lame man laying by the temple. Peter and John are going to pray. They'd walk by him every day for years. Do you understand that? Every day for years. They walk by the same man at the same place at the same time. How many of you think God may just be able to do something different than the same place, in the same man, in the same day, at the same time? How many are with me right now? How many believe God may want to interact in my life and shift my whole identity? Move me out of begging into wholeness. Move me out of limitation into fullness. How many of us understand God may want to use people who always consider themselves the same guy at the same time in the same routine? Would we give him the right as his church to interrupt our routine? Thank you for that mediocre response. I want to ask it again. Would we give God the right to step into our routine and blow our mind and do something out of the ordinary? I thought I had the right place. So what does he do? He, 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 I'm going to back up to verse 6. It's okay. I'll catch 7. Watch it. Then Peter said to this lame man, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have. I give you. Do you know that we may have more than we know we have? Do you know that we just may not recognize what we have? I can. I, I don't need to get off track here. Remember the little lady in Second Kings four whose husband died, and and the prophet. She went to the prophet. Said, "You got to help me. My husband's dead. They're coming to sell my sons, and I'm going to be homeless, and my sons are going to be indentured to pay off the debts." And 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 and, he, and, and she said, "He said, how can I help you? What do you have?" And she said, "Sir, I don't have anything." But when he made her go look again, she said, well, I got this little jar of oil. Oh, I feel like preaching now. <laughs> Could it be that the modern day church is walking around with the anointing in their back pocket and don't know what they have? Could it be that we're going every day in and out through the same problem, same upset, same down, same trap, same limitation, and we keep thinking, I don't have anything, but maybe if we took one more look, we might be able to say what Peter said to the lame man that day. You know what, sir? I may not have any money in this pocket, but I got a miracle over here in that pocket because the God I serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, let me, let me, I'm sorry, let me teach. Taking him by the hand, right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Now this isn't God the Father. It isn't God the Son. This is the church. <laughs> and, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts. Walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Watch what happened. Why does God do miracles? (laughs) Because we need them. (laughs) Do you know God does more miracles because we need them than because we deserve them? If you stop trying to prove to God you deserve one and just say, God, I desperately need one, we might get a little bit longer. Okay. So it happened. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened for him. Oh, God, do this in our midst. Amen. Do this at school. <laughs> do this in the marketplace. Do this in the neighborhood. Do it down at the gym. Do it, ladies, over in the spa. (laughs) When's the last time somebody was filled with wonder and amazement at our God? Wonder and amazement. Wonder and amazement. Watch this. So while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. Astonished. This skeptical, unbelieving world. Man, we keep fighting. Please let me help us today. We keep trying to change America with politics. We keep thinking we're going to make people stop hating each other by laws. We we, we keep thinking that we're going to make people get over prejudice and injustice by laws. 
We keep thinking we're going to change this divided nation by some kind of human institution. But what I propose to the church in this skeptical, rough moment is that we need to see a God who will cause people to be filled with wonder and amazement and be astonished at our God. And we will back off the platform and no one can see anything but Jesus and we can get somewhere in that setting. Man. Let me keep going. They were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Watch this. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, Why does this surprise you? (laughs) Why do you stare at us? As if by our own power of godliness, we made this man walk. Now the church better get that. We've had too many individuals and personalities taken to glory. And the church willingly giving it to them. We've been happy to let a few individuals have a few spiritual gifts. While we sat on our blessed assurance and let them have faith for all of us. Everybody with me? I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Stay with me here. That's not the plan of God. He said, why are you looking at us? Next verse. The God of Abraham. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. (laughs) Come on, I, I like this. I like somebody with some backbone. Some Holy Ghost backbone. I'm going to st- let me go. You handed him over to the be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. Ooh, these boys are preaching right now. You killed the author of life. You know, nowadays we got to tell everybody it's okay. It's all right. Be a pervert. We love you. Be, a, be foolish, it's okay. Act crazy, it's all right. Do ridiculous things, it's all right. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not going to get you there. He said, you boys saw the miracles. You saw what he did and you crucified him. You turned your back on him. You chose not to honor truth. He says, but everything you killed, God raised back to life. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith. Watch this. Miracles. By faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can all see. He said, don't look at us. Don't give man the glory. Don't run around and try to find an earthly Messiah. This is the work of Almighty God. Done in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Let's, I've got to keep going. I kind of got slowed down there. Acts 8. Turn to Acts 8 verse 13. I just want you to see this reinforced in his church. Acts 8 and verse 13. Watch this. We read this. Trying to find it here. Here it is. Simon himself. Now, th- this guy, Simon was a sorcerer, a male witch, a demon possessed worker. Are you with me? That's a pretty tough crowd. What do you think? Okay. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished. By the great signs and miracles he saw. That's how the early church operated. You talk about everybody that wants to get their swag. That's some swag right there. Acts 19.11. We need some miracle swag in the church. Come on. Somebody with me? You're getting real quiet on me right now. Acts 19 and verse 11. Turn there with me. I love this verse. <laughs> I mean, come on. This, the, the, the atmosphere... This move, this flow of God. Look at this, Acts 19, 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. What? The world is an extraordinary miracle. 
We just need some miracles. Anybody with me right now? What's an extraordinary miracle? I'd like to find out. Anybody else want to see one of those? I would. I'd like that. Extraordinary miracles. Not just miracles. Extraordinary miracles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Turn there with me. How many are still with me? Thank you for that core. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Come on, church. Am I working against something right now? Huh? Am I? In the church? Am I butting heads with some religion in the church this morning? Am I walking on skepticism right now? Am I fighting unbelief right now? Are you with me? What's going on in the house? What's happened to the church? What's going on in your heart right now? What's happening in your head right now? What about all those thoughts you're thinking and all those questions? Come on, let's work on them. You ready? Come on, let's don't be afraid of this miraculous God and His church. See, God the Father, God the Son, now the church. 1 Corinthians 12. You say, but, but, but pastor, that's just for a few people, the apostles and all. Well, I'm glad you said that. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one. Tap somebody nicely. Don't act bad. Just tap somebody nicely. To each one. Tap the person on the other side. To each one. To the Baptists. To the Methodists. To the Catholics. To the Church of Christ. To the Assemblies of God. To the non-denominational. To the Presbyterian. To the Episcopalian. To the don't know where you came from or who you are. Just glad you're saved. To the former addict, drug dealer, whoremonger. I don't want to play games today. I'm just going to kick it in the teeth. Whoremongers, prostitutes, drug addicts, prejudice, people haters, God haters. To each one, my God, something happens when you come in the presence of Jesus and he changes your life. Now to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given so we can show off and make a name for ourselves. Common good. Oh, so it's not about me. It's about we. Okay. To each one. Say each one again. Okay, let's do that. You know that person you like to take all those selfies of? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm going to stop. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the, through the Spirit, that's what we've been reading, through the Spirit there is given the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. Now who were these gifts for? Hmm. Hmm. Each one. To each one. Miraculous power. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing, discerning between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of these tongues. Look at verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he, God, gives them to... Can't hide from him. Can't hide from him. Can't hide from him. But he does it how? He gives them to each one just as? Okay. So what do I do, Pastor? I just make myself available. I just believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he would do. In the face of questions, in the face of skepticism, I just say, God, if it's up to me, I'm going to let you be God where I'm concerned. Now, let me help you with something. The word miracle is found in the New Testament depending on your translation, seven to nine times. But it is translated from the Greek word dunamis. The Greek word dunamis, are you ready? In the New Testament, is used by the Holy Spirit 120 times. 120 times. A miracle is really the manifestation of the power of God. The word dunamis is translated power, works, mighty deeds, in the New Testament. Acts 1.8, you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the power of the Holy Spirit comes. The dunamis of the Holy Spirit comes. 
the source of the miracles comes on your life. See, the church is a literal, walking, breathing, living, in touch with a hurting world manifestation of God's power to do miracles. All right? Listen to these definitions of dunamis or miracle. All right? Inerrant power. Do you know inerrant power? Power that is part of your divine nature. How many are thankful that when you're born again, the Holy Spirit moved in your life? Every born again believer has the Holy Spirit living in their life. Now, following that, you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But every believer has the Holy Spirit in your life. That's how you're born again. And the Bible says in Romans 8, the same Spirit, someone say same Spirit, that raised Christ from the dead quickens my mortal body. The Bible says we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We walk through life holding within us the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. Man. That's why he says it's not who we are, it's who he is in us. And as he chooses, this power can manifest itself in many different ways. When we stop caring who gets the glory and just say it is God, I believe the miracles of God will begin to happen. We don't need to document who prayed for whom. We just need to say, look what the Lord has done. We need to stop trying to get the credit for God's glory and just say, God, break out. And and in fact, I believe God wants to so manifest himself supernaturally that we won't have time to count names or write names and say, who did it? It'll just be the work of God. His church, his church, inerrant power, dunamis residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. The nature of God lives in us. Another, another word for uh, translation for dunamis is what we're studying, power for performing miracles. I'll, listen, but it's not all. Watch this, watch this. See, we're not just a, 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 some group of power-hungry, you know, sensationalists. Because it also says moral power and excellence of soul. See, it's kind of like the old preacher said, I'm not so impressed with how high you jump in church. I want to know how straight you walk when you get out of here. <laughs> Too many of the church looking for a miracle to entertain them when they need a miracle to deliver them from something that's been going on in our life. See, the power of God is, is, is moral power. Another definition says the power, look at this, this, this is amazing to me. It's it used in this regard. The power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. What does that mean? Listen, listen, you got to get this. That doesn't mean the power to make you wealthy. It means the power to do what we thought only wealth could do. You understand that? I could say that again. See, because everything God does supernaturally, religion tries to reproduce naturally. See, it, it, it is the power to accomplish something that we've been told only money could do. Are you with me? All right. It's the power, look at this, and resources arising from numbers. Listen. Armies, heavenly hosts, it's this power of force in action. It's the strength of an army marching. It's the force and the power of God. My, my, my. Listen, it's power in action. <laughs> it, it, is, it, it denotes uh, ability, capability, the ability to perform anything, power to carry something into effect. What does that mean? Well, he said, we're the church. He said that we are to represent him, that we are to preach the gospel, that we're to go the ends of the earth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So the power, the dunamis, the miracles, the ability, the goodness of God gives us the ability to carry something into effect. If we're going to carry our assignment into effect and really be the church, then we must be empowered by God to do that. See? That's what this is. That's, that's how this works. I could go on with that, but that, that gives you a basis for that. 
See, miracles were supernatural power God gave his church to intervene and to counteract the forces of hell on this planet. That when Satan brings his, why would the church want to be a natural church when we're fighting a supernatural devil? If we're going to defeat a supernatural devil, we better serve a supernatural God who released that into this setting. Pastor, what's the purpose of miracles? It's to remind us there is a God. It's to remind us that He's with us. That He's for us. That He's connected with us. The purpose of a miracle is to allow God to step into a moment and shock and awe and bring wonder and amazement. The purpose of a miracle is to authenticate His church. It's to revive your hope and your faith. It's to cause us to be able to know he's with me, he's for me, he's here. The purpose of a miracle is to remind his people and remind the generation we're living in that God is real. The purpose of a miracle is to help a hurting person. I'm telling you again, miracles happen because of need, not because we deserve them or earn them. It's because nobody but God can do them. See... It it creates awe and wonder, respect, brings the fear of God. Remember Peter when when Jesus said, could I borrow your boat, bud? And he said, yeah, 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 come on. And he preached his sermon and and, and, and then he says, roll on out and put your net down again. In other words, Jesus pays his own way. You missed it, but anyway. So he he, uh, said, put your net down. And he said, we fished all night. Look, you're the preacher. I'm the fisherman. Let's don't get mixed up here. He said, just do it. He said, because you said it, I'll do it. And you know that obedience will work for you even when you don't trust it completely. You just do what he said. He said, I don't think anything's going to happen, but because you said it, I'm going to do it. And then the boat starts to sink because they catch all the fish. Would that be a miracle? Yeah. And so what does Peter do? He falls falls down on his knees in the boat. He says, oh, get away from me. He said, I'm not a holy man. I'm, I'm a cussing sailor. You, I'm, I'm scared of being in a boat with somebody like this. You get that? But I want you to watch. This is what's amazing. See, that's where religion stops. Religion stops at fear. Oh, I'm not a good guy. I'm not holy. I'm, woo, I, oh, whoa, whoa, you, could, you could kill me. I mean, get out of my boat. Get out of my boat. Get out of my boat. That's where religion stops. But Jesus said, you know what, bud? I'll take you like you are. And I'm going to make you into a fisher of men. And the Bible says that this cussing sailor who was scared to death when he saw there is a God and God's in my boat totally transformed his life. And we read about Peter in the book of Acts that he so got connected to Jesus and understood that he loved him even after he denied him that when he walked down the streets of Jerusalem and his shadow fell on sick people, they jumped up and began to walk and praise God. My goodness, we need to understand the God of miracles transforms our life. See, you you, you got to understand something. <laughs> Every one of you sitting in this room, turn to Romans 1.16. Every one of us sitting in this room, or me standing here while you're sitting, and those of you that are worshiping online, you are a miracle. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that. Tell them, you're a miracle. Make sure they say it. Say it again. You're a miracle. Say, what are you, what are you saying, Pastor? What do you mean I'm a miracle? If you're a born-again believer, you're a miracle. If you've been saved, you're a miracle. The greatest miracle that's ever happened is for a lost man or woman to be saved by the grace of God. If you've been saved, you have to believe in miracles. If you've been saved, you are a miracle. If you've been born again, every time you look in the mirror, you're looking at a miracle. A miracle. A miracle. Why? Well, this, that's what saved you. Romans chapter 1 and, and verse 16. Let me find it. I turned to the... Here it is, Romans 1, 16. Are you ready to watch this? Paul says this, listen. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Anybody with me? How many are with me on that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the what? Power. There's the word dunamis. There's the miracle word. There's the power word. Do you know what saved you and me? The miraculous power of God. There it is. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. For the salvation 
of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. What is salvation? The power of God for salvation. The power of God. The miraculous, divine intervention of God. You and I have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You and I were headed to hell on a fast train. I know some of you think you did God a favor when you came to church. I know some of us think that we were tricking God. You know, some of us think you're slick Willie getting by. Some of you think you were fast Freddie getting by. Some of you think you were hiding getting by. Some of you misunderstood his mercy for his approval. Some of you thought you could control it and say, I'll get back to you. But can I tell you something? God in his mercy, in his patience, in his forbearance, kept working and working and dealing. And, and you talk about miracles. The reason you're still alive is a miracle. We all did some stupid stuff. That could have killed us. We've been places and made decisions that could have sent us to hell. But the miraculous power of Almighty God kept you alive until you found a moment where you could say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm undone. Forgive me. Change me. And a miracle took place. A divine nature from heaven came and moved inside of us and erased our sin and put a new nature in us and we were born again and the old things have passed away and all things have become new that is the greatest miracle that will ever happen on this planet and if you're saved you're a miracle you have to believe in miracles your journey to get here it's the nature of God see if we deny listen to me if we deny miracles we deny the nature of God see if God no longer does miracles then he's changed and if God has changed, he's not God anymore. See, 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 he's perfect. See, now George Sawyer has got some room to change in either direction. Are you with me? I hope not. I could get worse. All right? I could get better. I got room to change. But on the scale, God's way over here. See, he's God all by himself. He's perfect. And if God changes... There's only one way for him to go. He digresses. So I'm going to tell you, if God no longer does miracles, and God's no longer God. But the Bible says Jesus, the Son of God, is the same yesterday. He's the same today in this moment. He's the same that he's going to be tomorrow. He is an unchanging, unswerving God. See, what we must begin to do is stop interpreting God from our experience and start interpreting my experience from the Word of God. I have to stop allowing what I see to change who He is. I'm about through. Stay with me, okay? In fact, worship team, get ready to get ready, all right? So, so here's what happened. Even some in the church want to deny the miracles. Are you with me? We have to understand where we're lessening the awesomeness of God. But then what, what about, I find it interesting, even the atheists and the skeptics want to deny the miraculous power of God. Why? Because if God does miracles, He's God. If miracles happen, there, are, there is a God. So what do they say? I thought this was fascinating. The number one reason the atheist, the agnostic, and the skeptic say that they don't believe in miracles is because miracles can't be true because they violate the laws of nature. Okay? So there can't be a miracle because a miracle violates the laws of nature. That's true. They do. But here's the issue, see? But what science describes as the laws of nature, all right, are in essence the principles that God designed to cause his creation to function for our safety and our goodness. You understand that? What science has discovered and called the laws of nature are just the principles God used when he created the universe. They just discovered some of the wisdom of God and how he makes this whole thing work. Science is wonderful. It's necessary. It's needed. It's fascinating. It can be very helpful. But to say 
because I discovered some of the laws he designed that it rules him out or that now I'm too big or that I own it or I control it would be as foolish as somebody walking up to the Grand Canyon for the first time and saying, because I see it, I did it. Because I see it, I own it. Because I see it, I get credit for it. And what man has done in his pride and in his shallowness and in and, and, and his own earthly striving is discovered a few of the things that God in his wisdom created to operate and now they say God can't do it. So the skeptic says there can't be miracles because they violate the laws of nature. But what I want to say, the God who created the laws of nature, the God who implemented those laws, if He created them, He has the inerrant power to step outside of them anytime He wants to and do what He wants to do. See, we have... And and, and so let me take it one more step. The study of science in itself has proven there is a God. Because when you look at the theories of thermodynamics, when you begin to study how this earth operates and what God created and what He did, and you look at thermodynamics and entropy, you see that all energy and matter in this universe moves from order to disorder. Did you get that? From order to disorder. And so that tells me that the Big Bang Theory of chaos could never have created the order that we have today. It tells me that some primordial swamp of glue and, and, and whatever was in that sauce out of that spring, the order of this is impossible. So what thermodynamics tell us is that in this universe, moving from order to disorder, there had to be a beginning of an intelligent design that looked at it and drew from himself and said, I will create what's here. And if he's got enough to create it, he's got enough to change it. He's got enough to step outside of it. He's got enough to say, you can't put me in this box. And here's what I want to say. Stand with me. Come on, stand. Let's stand together. I want to say this to you. Don't leave. Just stand. I'm not God. And He's bigger than me. He knows what I don't know. He sees what I don't see. Listen to your pastor. I don't know everything about miracles. I don't know everything about miracles. I know some from that word. I know some from my experience. I don't know when they're going to happen. I don't always know why they happen. I don't always know where they're going to happen. I don't know why they don't happen sometimes. But this is what I do know. I know the one who knows the answers to all those things. And I want to tell you today, church family, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever is going on in your life, we serve the God of miracles. We serve the God who is not bounded by any law, who's not confined to any regulation, who doesn't exist in any man-made box, who's not intimidated by the magnitude of our need. That's the God we serve. And I want to say on this journey with you, our children, our children must encounter the God of miracles. The backlash these children face What inundates their little minds? Our students exposed to the most vicious and perverse concepts through social media. If they do not encounter, not a God, because there's only one God. If they do not encounter the God of miracles, who's big enough to walk into their young life and show them who He is. And demonstrate His glory. We're in trouble. We must be a church that says, God, I don't have all the answers. But I know the one who does. God, I can't create the miracle, but I can sure believe it. Trust you. And ask you to flow through me. I dare say everyone in this room has encountered a miracle someplace in your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Israel came out of Egypt. Think of it. Think of it. Every day they ate by a miracle that came from God. Manna. The Bible says their shoes and clothes never wore out. No one sick among two million people. No one ever hungry among two million people. And yet in the face of daily miracles. 
they forgot the greatness of their God. Church today, will you make a commitment with your pastor and say, I'm not going to miss my miracles. I'm not going to forget my miracles. I'm not going to overlook my miracles. I'm not going to be an ungrateful, unthankful believer. I'm not going to let my short-term memory rob me of my faith in a God who is able and present and close. If it takes a miracle, I'm going to believe for a miracle. If I have to find God who will walk in my life and pull me out of this place, I believe He's big enough to do it. Anybody with me on that? I'm not going to forget my miracles. I'm not going to stop believing. Some of you have been waiting a long time. He's worth waiting on. Some of you have been trying to figure this thing out. He's faithful. God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. He's a faithful God. He's the God of miracles. Let's take the journey today. Let's start today. Let's walk through this journey of a miraculous God. You know, right now, I believe the first step we need to do, the thing that robs people of more miracles is they stumble over the ones he's already done. They forget what he's already done. They forget. Now, listen, I don't want you looking in the rearview mirror thinking God has to do it like he did it. I just want that to be gratitude in your heart. Are you with me right now? See, some people think revival is nostalgia. So what does that mean? Well, we think we got to dress the way we dressed last time God touched us. Got to sing the same song we sang last time God touched us. <laughs> Are you with me? That's not revival. That's nostalgia. Sit around and talk about the good old days. Oh, I'm not living then. I'm living now. I've had some good old days. I've had a lot of good old days. I've had some great old days. But they're behind me. I need some good now days. Anybody need some good now days? <laughs> so let's don't confuse nostalgia and revival. Right now, God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.